Today on Lockdown Red Wings, the scoring explodes at LCA this weekend as Detroit sweeps its preseason back-to-back. Your Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I'm a podcast producer for the Daily J, a WWJ News Radio podcast. Well, Scott is a host over at Lockdown Tigers, as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And on today's episode, guys, we got two preseason games to break down for you here. Uh, Red Wings beat the Washington Capitals at home 5-2 to two, and then followed that up with a 6-1 to one victory over the Chicago Blackhawks uh, on Saturday and Sunday night, respectively. And so, I mean... Scott, I don't know how I don't know how you want to tackle this. If you want to tackle this one game at a time, or kind of just point out um, individual performances from both that you thought just really stood out to you. We only have thirty minutes. It's gonna to be tough to break down two full games, especially with the turnover the rosters see from game to game. Um, so you know, uh, I you can lead the way, man. If you if you have anyone in particular you want to talk about, uh, maybe we should lead off with the Fabry stuff. Yeah, I, I do want to leave off, lead off with Fabry. And yeah, I, I also think that doing two games individually, I think if it was the regular season might make sense. But mm-hmm. um, for preseason and what we're like looking for on the ice on a night-to-night basis, I don't see any point in do, like breaking down each game as an individual. I think we just do biggest stories and standouts, you know, news and notes from the weekend. And yeah, I, I absolutely think that that probably starts with the Fabry stuff. Yeah, so February left the game against Washington, uh, obviously did not come back, and everyone's mind kind of raced, like, oh, no, it's it's happening. And unfortunately, that's just going to be the case whenever Robbie Fabry gets hurt, is people are going to jump to the worst-case situation because the worst-case scenario with him has happened three separate times throughout his career. Uh, but thankfully, I guess and it's kind of weird to say thankfully he's hurt, but not too badly hurt. Uh, it's an upper-body injury, first of all, so it's not lower body. It has nothing to do with his knees. And uh, they took him out more alone said as a precautionary measure and that he won't be out for very long. They just don't want him to like really hurt himself in a preseason game. So that was a huge relief to hear because it was just what, two days ago, we were singing his praises after he scored two goals in the first game against the Capitals in Washington, almost getting Detroit Red Wings back into it. And then we were like, if he stays healthy, he can be a 20 goal scorer. And then he gets hurt the very next day. So good to hear that it uh, was a precautionary pulling him out of the game. Yes, absolutely. I I think that uh, I don't really have too much else to add, but I do think that that's like everybody immediately just becomes terrified whenever Fabry gets hurt, like ever, Yeah. Um, which like understandable, like we want to see what, you know, and this year even more so uh, just because of how he's looked so far, A, in a limited sample, but like all the coaches, man, are just like raving. Like everyone is going out of their way to talk about how good, like fully healthy Robbie Fabry looks. And yeah, it'd be really sad if that got uh, got nipped early. So good to hear that it's precautionary. Shouldn't be a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. Um, In the Chicago Blackhawks game, power play looked pretty dang good again. Yeah. Uh, and that also partly because you had your top unit out there with helps uh, Larkin to Raymond Wallman cider. All five of those guys played yesterday. I don't think any of those guys I'd have to double check because the roster turnover from game to game is just absolutely nutty. I don't think any of those five guys played in Sunday's game, uh, but still quite a few good NHL caliber players played in the Sunday game as well. I mean, dominated the Blackhawks, but the Blackhawks team is 
their NHL, their A team is going to be one of the worst in the NHL. So you're playing against their AHL team essentially on Sunday. But uh, my, the point being here is I thought the power play looked really good uh, on Saturday with that unit one out there. The puck movement was insane. Uh, they did the same exact, I think it was on a five on three. And again, you're playing the B team of the Washington Capitals. So again, we don't want to take anything too seriously to get all the grain of salt, but it was exciting to see, you know, that, that connection between Larkin and Debrinkit, and who had the secondary assist. Let me double check on that one for that first goal. But it, it's just been, that's t- twice now that that connection has been made in that same exact fashion where Debrinkit soars that puck across the crease right to Dylan Larkin for the goal. And it, it's a little bit of a taste of what we're going to get. It was Raymond who got the assist on that goal. Uh, uh, what we're going to get later. And then Cider again. He, what's funny is I think Cider got the power play goal the other night as well in that same game where they went two he for did. two for six or whatever. In this game, the power play went two for five. Uh, Cider was the other goal scorer in this power play as well, uh, assisted by Lucas Raymond and Robbie Fabry. And that was a nice cycle job uh, along the boards too, where uh, Lucas Raymond and Robbie Fabry were cycling it down low, got it back to more Cider, back to Raymond, back to Cider who unleashed a bomb for a goal. So, that power play, that PP1, the puck movement has been absolutely phenomenal so far in the early preseason. Yeah, man. And and that's one of the things that over the off, like, it's just so funny going down the rabbit hole. Like, this was something that we addressed in April when the season was still happening. Then it's something we address, we wanted addressed, or we talked about on the show, I guess, in May, like in early preseason. And then... It's something that when free agency opened, we <laughs> said that we wanted players that would help the special teams. And then, like, you go down and then, like, you know, oh, we need goal scoring. Like, Debrinket would be cool. And then that happened. And, like, then you get into the preseason and we start off with the Ofer, right? Like, the, yeah. the infamous, you know, Ofer 16 or whatever it was. And it's just, like, it's been building for, like like, literally almost half a year now. Like, almost six months we've just been – Oh my goodness, the 2024 power play and penalty kill needs to be better. The special teams need to be better. And now again, it's 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 the preseason. I'm not saying it's fixed and we're gonna have, you know, some perennial like top five power play unit in the NHL. But I mean, golly, they, they've looked pretty good uh so far in, in preseason games, and that unit specifically has looked absolutely fantastic. And I think the only other thing that I, I would add is just aside from like this game in a vacuum, just overall, I think ghost has been uh, really good on the power play as well. Yeah. I mean, he's been exactly as advertised, which has been really nice for the Detroit Red Wings. Um, I also just in general, that top line of those same five guys, that PP unit one is basically the same as now. I I think it's been ghost despair with cider on the first power play unit thus far, but in general, the line one of to bring it Raymond cider, uh, Larkin and I forgot Larkin there for a second. I was like, who am I forgetting? And Wallman on that top unit uh, for offense and defense has looked really good, but you would expect it to in a home game against the other team's B team. I think Larkin had two goals in that game against Capitals. The Debrinkit, Debrinkit and Raymond had two assists. So just kind of performing as you would expect them to. Good to see it nonetheless. You wouldn't want them to go over in these games. But I mean, because Larkin came roaring into the offensive zone late in that game and just rifled home a top shelf, just absolute rocket of a shot. Uh, other notables in that game, Zarnik scored uh, in Heck the first yeah. game against the Capitals. Uh, Zarnik really just 
Cross Hannis was carrying the puck in the zone, tried to make a move, fell over, and then Zarnik was the the trailing guy and got the shot off. Shepard wasn't expecting the shot and just beat him clean. So it wasn't like it was a drawn up play. It was a broken play for Zarnik, but it was hey, hey. nice to see him score nonetheless. It's a dog right there. Yeah. And then Cross Hannis uh, rectified that, even though he did get the assist on the Zarnik goal on yeah. the broken play. Uh, he got his shot later, burying home the rebound on Andrew Kopp's goal. And Nate Danielson picked up the secondary assist on that one. And I want to talk about Nate Danielson. Me, me too, man. I'm glad Maybe, you said that. I feel like we should wait until like segment two or segment three to talk about Danielson because that's yeah, going to be break. Uh, several minutes. But uh, and then I, I'm sorry, guys. I know we're like rapid firing our thoughts, but there's two games to cover uh, from this weekend. I thought Hutchinson and Husso, they did their job. You know, 938 save percentage and 923 save percentage, respectively. They did, they did a good job. About, uh, about, about all you can really ask for. And again, like we're, we're just really, it's like the, the only, not the only, that's not even close to true, but one of the, it is the biggest, I would say, question mark as we navigate through the preseason and go into the regular season. So that's still going to be something everybody wants to keep an eye on as, uh, as the preseason goes along. Yeah. I mean, for what it's worth too, I mean, Andrew Kopp was your best player at expected goals, four percentage, 66.73 percentage with a 32% relative. Like that's. It may not have really shown up on the score sheet uh, besides that assist that he got that that was a he's he's really looked a lot stronger. So it sounds like, you know, all last season people were dogging on him and we were preaching patience because of the type of surgery he had. And early in the preseason against teams, B teams, though, albeit he is he's looked a lot stronger. So that's well, uh, very good to see. And and like, you know, we, we can talk about the, the caliber of opponent and stuff and we'll always put that, you know, kind of like. Uh, preface out there but um, at the end of the day like you got to remember last season you know cop didn't have preseason yeah so, or know, training camp right he or or camp or anything you know the opening night was the first time he had like skated competitively since the previous season like that and so uh, for a guy like him just getting that ramping up process I think is going to be super beneficial i I mean, I was like the biggest cop defender out there last season. Um, and yeah, I'm really excited about uh, what he can do this year. Um, also, can't we cannot go into break without mentioning that Marco Casper fought Anthony Mantha. Yep. Uh, well, it wasn't much of a fight, but love seeing Marco Casper step up to a big guy like Mantha. Um, I'm surprised Mantha didn't break his hand in the process. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm surprised the they're uh, letting Mantha fight. I think what anything. Gee, I think just letting Mantha do whatever Mantha wants at this point in his career. He has a... Uh, it hasn't been great for the uh, – he has yeah. not – unfortunate because I thought at one point he'd be a 40-goal scorer in this NHL. He looks so good. Same, but uh, I think one of my – I think maybe my first – I think maybe my first ever recorded take on this show was Anthony Mantha was going to be a point-a-game player. Well, I'm sorry that that's your first recorded take. <laughs> I think it is. I, I think it was – I was a guest. I wasn't even like a host of the show yet. It was Ethan and Nolan and – they had me on uh, as a guest. This is like literally three years ago now. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, that was like one of my one of I think that might be my first recorded take like ever on this show. Unfortunate. Yeah. Unfortunate. We'll take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to, I guess, talk about the Chicago Blackhawks game. We said we didn't want to talk about it game by game, but I kind of ended up steering it that way anyway. No, but like, you know, individual, you know, like instant. Well, yeah, we'll talk about it. It's fine. We'll talk about it. It's a it's Monday episode. We had two games to go through. Weekend was crazy, 
forgive us if we're a little all over the place. We're good. Um, first, I got to talk to you guys today about eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patient. What brings home the winning trophy is what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to a peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts from your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to find, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. Segment two, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Scotty and I are doing quick breakdowns on these two games that happened this weekend. Uh, Scotty, the game against the Chicago Blackhawks. I mean, it was even better than the game against the Washington Capitals. Just complete and utter domination. And we got our first look at Connor Bedard, the uh, supposed generational talent in the NHL. I know I say supposed, and that sounds like a very negative connotation. Supposed. And I, I do think he is that good. And obviously he had a, he had such a nice play earlier in the game. Yeah. He had a really good game overall. I thought he looked good. Yeah, he looked really, really good. I thought he looked really good. Yeah. I, I just hate the liberal use of generational at every first overall pick that comes in. He's probably the right one to use it on, but like every single year we have a number one overall pick. People call that guy generational. So it was more sarcasm towards the use of generational toward than it was towards Connor Bedard because he's a freak. Um, yes, God, he was so good in this game, but no, no points for him though. Regardless, I yeah. think he's only got one point through the preseason so far. Yeah, he had an apple, right? He has he has one assist so far through the yeah. preseason. Yeah, I watched that, but it's not for uh, not without trying. He has looked absolutely fantastic. I've loved no, uh, like we, Connor Bedard and, plays. I agree, and like we, you know, we don't. Shame he's in the Blackhawks. <laughs> yeah, we we don't have to <laughs> we don't have to spend too much time talking about uh, Bedard. The, the national media does plenty of that. I'm not trying to, you know, have that translate to here, but um, I mean, it, it, you know, generational prospect, whatever we played against him. Um, I, uh, I, I a preseason, you know, we same caveat we talk about our own players with, but. Uh, B, like he, there. Who is he playing with? Like he's, sur- they're throwing him out there with. Uh, I mean, he's surrounded by nobody, man. Like it's okay. So I, I'm glad you brought that up because this brought up when so Alex Vlasic went knee on knee with Elmer Soderblom in the third period. Yeah. It's actually more like thigh on thigh. Soderblom's okay, mm-hmm. but yeah. I understand because of the way it looked. And like how dangerous those plays can be. They gave a game misconduct to Vlasic and they had to have somebody serve his five minute penalty. They had Andreas Athanasiu. Yeah. Again, another Red Wing we thought was going to be like part of well, the like future he, here in Detroit. But the difference is like with him is like he, I, I guess he did, maybe didn't reach the heights people expected him to, but like he did produce offensively. Like, hey, 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 he play any defense. Hey, yeah, <laughs> he's just maybe literally the worst defensive forward in the NHL, and that's like, uh, that's like not exaggerating. Like that actually might be true every single year that he's on an NHL roster. Like that, that's a legitimate like possibility. So, um, yeah, a little bit of a different, you know, like Mantha just like stopped producing points. Like he just he just isn't a point producer anymore. 
AA is, you know, given whatever his role is on his team, like he usually produces offensively. It's just he is a black hole defensively. Yeah. And, but that's what was so funny to me is they had to have one guy serve the five minute penalty and they put Andreas and Athanasiu in the box, who they signed to a one year, like five million deal right. just to get to the cap floor. I'm like, you're paying this guy big bucks to sit in the box for five <laughs> minutes in a preseason game. Now, and I understand, understandably, there are shorthanded for five minutes, and there's no way you're putting Andreas Athens to see you out there on the penalty kill. Correct. So it makes sense. It's like earlier in the game, there was a delay, delayed game penalty, and you had David Perron serve the penalty uh, because it was a bench minor. So they had to have somebody serve it from the bench. They put Perron in the box because he's not going to go out there on the penalty kill. It right. makes sense. It was just the optics of it was very funny to me. Um, but anyways, yeah. we're burning well, There's a lot of optics like that with the teams that are – Throwing out big bucks just to reach the cap floor. Yeah. Uh, this was another, I th- this is the best game I've seen the Red Wings play all preseason. And you didn't have Wallman. You didn't have Cider. You didn't have Larkin, Raymond, or Debrinket. Albeit, you had your middle six playing. You had guys like Sprong, Rasmussen, Perron. You had Hiroshi, or not, <laughs> Hiroshi was there. Uh, um, but you had Casper. You had da- uh, Danielson, Comfer. Like you had your middle six and your top end prospects there. Edvinson played. So, like, you you had a really good core of players, nonetheless, for a preseason game, and they just dominated the Blackhawks from start to finish. I absolutely loved everything I saw from this game. And, I mean, I get it again. You're playing against the worst team in the NHL's B team as well. But I was just – I was so impressed with what I saw in this game. And Danielson, man, this game was his best of the preseason yet. I I think there's a conversation we could have about it, but I still – Chill. No, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. I, my my dilemma, my hang up with Nate Danielson's situation is he it's either the NHL or the WHL. He can't go to the AHL. And I was actually DMing Boltman back and forth, and like he's right. I agree with him. Like he's not there yet to play in the NHL because if he's playing in the NHL level, he's he's not. I don't think he's complete enough of a player to really unseat any player at the. NHL level because he's a center, right? You want him to play center. Like, who's he going to unseat? Comfer, Cop, Larkin, maybe Valeno, but you want your ninth overall pick to be well, playing fourth line minutes. That makes no. But here's sense. the thing: even if it, it's obviously not one of the top three, and even if it is the four, even if it is Valeno, um, it, it, to me, that's more so a comparison of him versus Casper than it would be him versus Valeno. Yeah. Like, you want him, you want him to get the best minutes possible wherever he goes. And yeah, at this moment, even though he's here. I mean, he he stripped the puck away from Connor Bedard to set up yeah, uh, Simon Edvinson for a chance. Uh, he got the assist on the Dan, uh, the Daniel Sprong goal because he went into the corner and dug that puck up for Sprong, who had, by the way, Sprong has looked so good too. I yeah. cannot believe how underutilized he was in Seattle. Again, I I got to catch myself. It's preseason. Don't want to get too excited. It's but he's preseason so good. against the Chicago Blackhawks. Yes. Yeah, I know, but it's not just this game. Strong is no. Good I here. agree. I mean, opening opening night. Opening night. Do we call the first game of the preseason opening night? The first game of the preseason. Uh, he yeah he he wasn't he the first goal of the year. He looked yeah, great. Yeah, he's he he's looked great. He's looked he, great all preseason. I'm not trying like, to take away from him. I'm just saying. Like, to our credit, Kubelik did the same thing last preseason where he was phenomenal yeah. all preseason. He was kind of that newcomer we hitched our wagon to. It was like, this is the guy to watch. And he had a really good season with the Red Wings last year. Yeah, He had 20 goals, which is, I think, the second or third best he's had in his career. Not play- <laughs> Best career line, uh, best career year he's had since playing with Patrick Kane. Right. Yeah. So, like, he had a really good year. So there are signs. Like, if they're playing well in the preseason, that doesn't mean they won't play well 
in the regular season too. It could be a sign indicating good play later. Um, but anyways, I'm getting off talk, topic talking about Sprong. Danielson, it's almost a shame he has to go back to the WHL. And I think it's still the right move to make. Give him top line minutes, be the captain of the WHL, get the seasoning. But if he could go to the AHL, I feel like that, I, I think that might have be better for his per, uh, development at this point, but he just physically cannot. He has to be either 20 years old or have four seasons in the WHL to make that leap to the AHL. That's like how that negotiation with the junior clubs worked yeah. with the professional leagues. And it's just, I don't know. It's not like he was absolutely tearing it up in the WHL. I get that, but. He'll, yeah, mm. he'll, he'll go back to the W and, and we'll see how he looks in the first couple of months. And like, that'll be the big telling thing, right? Like if, if he goes out there and he's just lighting it up, then I, I, I don't think there's any reality in which he's playing NHL minutes this season. I, I, I think that that's no. like a, you know, it's not happening. Yeah. Like that, that's not going to be a thing. So, uh, but uh, you know, if, if, if he, if he goes down, when the season starts and you're seeing like, oh, he's clearly one of the better players, but there's still a lot to work on. Then it's like, okay, like, yeah, this is like what we expected. He's, he's good. He's a first round pick. Like he's talented, obviously, and, and, and whatnot. But I, I think the real like what to do with him. And again, I don't think it's NHL, but like the, the real like question that would become really hard hitting with that would, I don't think there's really anything he can do in the preseason to like force that hand. I think it would have to be, he just sets the absolute world on fire in the WHL. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to make the argument for him to make the roster. No, I know. I know you're not. I know you're not. Well, I'm not, I'm talking to the people right now, Scotty, not you. Okay. (laughs) I'm not trying to make the argument that he should make the NHL. I'm just trying. I'm just saying that I wish he could go to the AHL because I feel like, that with how good he's played in preseason right now. And for a 19 year old kid who's never tasted professional hockey playing against a a bulk majority professional hockey players. I mean, there's plenty of junior players in here as well. I mean, a lot of these guys are fighting for jobs and he's stood up to them and he's producing points too. He's got a goal. He's got several assists. He looks great. Yeah. I'm not trying to say he looks fantastic. He's blown past my expectations. I'm not trying to say anything otherwise. I just wish he could go to the AHL, but ultimately right. going back to the Brandon Wheat Kings is still the better, the smart move because he can continue to develop as a leader, uh, continue to get top line minutes. Because I mean, if you were to if you were to make the Red Wings, man, he would just end up being like fourth line, and that would not do him any good either. So yep. I'm just ranting that I sometimes I don't like these rules with the junior clubs, but I get why they do it because they have to survive too. And if all their best players immediately went to play professional hockey, they wouldn't be junior clubs for very long. Um, anyways, we got to take another quick break. Scotty, it's time to talk to the people about AG one. Our next partner is AG one, the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. You got to drink AG one every day because AG one replaces your multivitamin probiotic and more in one simple drinkable habit, science driven formulation of vitamins, probiotics, and whole food sourced superfoods. Uh, as well as AG1 is raising the standard for quality in the supplement category, and it helps you build your health foundation first. Again, it is a foundational nutrition supplement that delivers comprehensive nutrients to support your whole body health. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash NHL Network. That's drinkag1.com slash NHL Network. Check it out. 
check it out. <laughs> Segment three, Locked On Red Wings podcast. Scotty and I are breaking down as best we can these two games. It's kind of like a rapid fire breakdown because two games happen. And we only got 30 minutes to give you guys this episode. Um, but who else from the Blackhawks game, Scotty, really stood out to you as, as a notable feature? Um, that's a good question. I, I think I, we kind of touched on it earlier, but again, like goaltending is always going to be like something that I think is worth a discussion And the Blackhawks game was interesting because we saw Reimer and Lyon, right? Yeah. Your two um, prospective backups. Yeah. So I, I think that that's always just naturally going to be kind of a, a storyline when you see, uh, the, the, again, like you just said, like the, the two backups kind of both playing in the same game and where we have a conversation we'll probably have this week, I'm assuming about like, what is really the plan with lion? Like what, you know, what, what can you really do with him? Right. Plan on that for tomorrow, barring any big, uh, news coming out from the Red Wings camp, because tomorrow's an off day. Monday is an off day. So we'll right. talk about it for Tuesday's episode. Yeah. So I, uh, you know, th- but I mean, they, they, I thought they both looked good. Um, I mean, not, you know, easy to say that, I guess only one goal given up total, um, not a very prolific offense, preseason, et cetera, et cetera. But, um, I, I think that that's the best that both of them honest, honestly have looked so far in the preseason. So we'll take that. Um, I, I just, I, I think honestly, and like, I, I've said this about pretty much every single game. So I know you want to talk about Rasmussen too. We'll get to that in a second, but like, he knows me, the <laughs> The uh, the person that I just every after every single preseason game, I am blown away by like how dynamic he makes the offense is Ghost Despair, man. Like it's it's so it's so unbelievable, like how how different the offense is with him on the ice and like all the same caveats, you know, Blackhawks, B team, whatever, preseason, et cetera, et cetera. But like he. <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's just, it's night and day different than last season, whether it's special teams or whether it's five on five. Like, it really doesn't matter. Just gives an entirely new look to this offense. He led the team in shots uh, in, like, in shots, this game. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that's uh, that's just like a, a cool, I guess that's like pretty layman to just say like, oh, it's cool. But like, it's, it, it really is. It's dynamic. Like that is the word that I, that I, when I, when he is on the ice and when, especially when he has the puck on his stick, man, he, that the offense is, is more dynamic with him on the ice. Yeah. I mean, a 64% expected goals, 4% at five on five for Shane goes to spare in this game tells all the story. Uh, Daniel Sprung, by the way, 95% expected goals, 4% in this game. Absolutely killer. I uh, love that guy. Uh, David Perron, Michael Rasmussen, and JT Comfer all had north of 90% expected goals, four percentages as well. Just absolutely killing it, this entire team, this entire game. But yeah, going back to your point, Shane Gostaspare. I don't want, I want to be careful with how, what I say, because obviously Phil Peronic was a gifted offensive defenseman as well, and younger defenseman as well, uh, over... Shane goes to spare, but what I've seen out of Shane goes to spare so far makes me, and I, cause it's preseason. I really want to hesitate saying this, but I think there is a possibility. Let's say it that way. I think there's a possibility that Shane goes to spare is a better offensive defenseman than Phil Peronic is. And that doesn't, I mean, saying that out loud, it sounds like no ducks. He's proved it in the NHL before he can be really good. Uh, and he had a great year last year, but I'm in terms of this Red Wings team, I think he, Gosesmer might be an upgrade this season over whatever Phil Peronic could have been because Phil Peronic was also very prone to big like defensive gaffes. 
as well. Like he'd go on a, didn't he have like a four game goal streak? And that ended with a horrible turnover in the neutral zone. He, he that he would be a very give and take type defenseman. Ghost is spare while providing that huge offensive spark, at least so far through the preseason. And granted, again, preseason, yada, yada, has not looked like a defensive black hole either. He looks like he's been competent back there as well. And that's why I think th- there's the possibility he could be a, a pretty solid upgrade. He's He's been great in the offensive zone and moving the puck up the ice, but he hasn't looked lost in the defensive zone either. So I've been very pleased with what I've seen uh, out of Simon Edvinson as well. Simon Edvinson is like, he's like here. He's like this close, guys. He is so close to being on this NHL roster. And I, I'm really wondering if he makes the team outright. I, I don't know who they'd have to move to make it happen, but he is he is this close, guys. And Mata. plus, maybe I it's it's tough because this so, is this is such a deep and it's a good problem to have, but this is such a deep team full of like actual NHL caliber players right now that it's tough to look at any individual player and be like, you're gone. Yeah, I Agreed. And, and like, I, I think my money is still on him just not making the team out of camp. But if he were like, I think that that conversation just goes to most expendable contract, which is objectively only Mata's, So, yes. Yeah, I agree. Um, also, if we could talk about two players who have kind of bummed me out, I have not really been overly impressed with Jonathan Bergen or Marco Casper in the last two games over this weekend, at least. Um, yeah, I think Berger more than Casper for me, just cause well, like, I, I never expected Casper to make the team on a camp. So it's true. Like, and Casper I, only played on Sunday to be fair. Yeah. So like, I, I'm kind of like my mind oh, with Casper is like, give him this. What? That's a lot. He played on Saturday too. I'm, I'm just misremembering. Yeah. Yeah. You're fine. Um, I, I, I think, uh, I like my mindset for Casper is like, give him this experience. I'm glad he's here. Keep him until the last cut. Um, but like, I'm more interested in like how he develops in the AHL this year. <laughs> yeah. And that's for sure. They're going to be the big thing. And I, I was hoping a little bit more out of Bergen after how good of a yeah, year Berger, he I think is a legitimate year. thing to bring up. Cause like he's supposed to be, he, uh, you know. and he played well in the NHL last year. Yeah. Like granted it's a inconsistent at time. Cause he was a rookie, but a lot of the times he made whatever line he was on better. We've preached that on this show, but I feel like, and in these last two games, it, it's kind of backed up by the fact that his, Corsi four percentage was 34.78. His relative Corsi was negative 14, which means on the ice, the team produced less sh- shot attempts for than shot attempts against versus when he was off the ice. Uh, and his expected goals four percentage was 20%. Relative was negative 27% against the Capitals. And then he and Casper were the worst two players to today against the Blackhawks. The only two players on the team with an expected goals four percentage below 50% on five at five on five. And like, I'm not trying to sound any alarms again, as we keep saying preseason B team, yada, yada, whatever. You can't put too much stock into it, but it is a little like, like it catches your eye that these two guys who us Red Wings fans have put a lot of stock into have maybe not gotten off to the rip roaring starts. We would hope for them in the preseason. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I don't really have too much else to add. I, I agree with that. Uh, Michael Rasmussen scored twice. So eat it, Scotty. Uh, what? I'm not a RAS hater. No, but you, rep- you right now. I need somebody to direct the RAS, RAS hate at or the RAS love at. I don't know. The, the, so you're the manifestation right now of the RAS hater in my oh, eyes. Okay. Just because glad I need somebody, I, can... to, I need somebody to direct it at. Yeah, glad I can be your punching bag, dude. Mm, you should be used to it at this point. I don't know. I you should... give it it's as if you don't punch me. Yeah, I don't. Have you seen the bruise on my leg? No, what? I didn't send you the snap of the bruise on my leg. No, dude. 
You only Snapchat me cats. <laughs> it's Snapchat so true. From you are just cats. It's so true. I'll, I'll pull my pants down and show you a picture of my bruise after we get off. Okay. The yeah, I'd like that. It's it's just above my knee. I blocked a shot in my hockey game last week, and it's like this big. Did you win? Uh, we lost two to one that game. It's Heart and hustle, baby. Heart and hustle. It hurt. I was hurting. It sounds painful. Yeah. Two of me still had a goal. That's pretty cool. Nice. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, Amadeus Lombardi got an assist on Elmer Soderblom's goal. That was cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the tweet was Elmer from Ammo. Nice. <laughs> <hearing> that. <laughs> like that. But I mean, like, overall, great game against the Chicago Blackhawks. That's they just they dominated. I think they had a 75 uh, as a team. They had an expected goals for expected goals for percentage of 75% in the first and the second period before take taking their foot off the pedal a little bit in the third period, minus that five minute power play where they scored where they scored that goal. I think that was Rasmussen's second goal. Yeah. They just that was a great game. If 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 they can uh score eleven collective goals every two games, then they're gonna do pretty good this season. I agree. So, uh, any final thoughts? Anything that we didn't talk about? I don't think so, man. I think that's it. We ball. We ball. Um, Bears suck. They're awful. <laughs> Just lol. Hate to see it. Uh, we'll be back with a new episode tomorrow. We'll, we'll we're, we will plan on talking about the lion and Reimer situation. Uh, if something pops up on Monday. Then we won't talk about it because we'll talk about that instead. But we will talk about that line situation, hopefully before the decision is made. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, the, the, they'll hold that out, though. That'll be one of the last cuts of camp. So we'll be back with a new episode tomorrow. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. Every day.